0: Get ready for your daily dose of marketing strategies and tactics from entrepreneurs with the guile and experience to help you find success in any marketing capacity. You're listening to Marketing School with your instructors, Neil Patel and Eric Sue.
1: Hey, Marketing School listeners, I have an interesting stat for you. Did you know that Walmart improved their conversion rate by 2%? For every second that they improve their load time. In other words, website speed helps with conversions. In addition to that, Google uses it to determine where your site ranks in their index. So the faster your website loads, the higher you'll rank. For that reason, I wanna to talk to you today about a company called DreamHost. DreamHost powers the web with fast websites and superior
0: customer service brought to you by a team of web experts who are super committed to your success online. We've worked with them to create a special offer just for Marketing School listeners. All you have to do is go to dreamhost.com slash marketing school to learn more and get your website online today. Welcome to another episode of Marketing School. I'm Eric Sue, And I'm Neil Patel. And today we are going to talk about why hard work is not the key to success.
1: Yeah, so everyone believes that if you work hard. I know so many people who are lawyers, who are people with PhDs, people are like, I've been at this company for 10 years, I work my butt off, and I put in 60 hours of work. Or people are like, I'm an entrepreneur, I work 70 hours a week, I work way more than my competition. You know, they don't deserve to be making as much money as me. They started after me, and they're making more of this. Entitlement. Yeah, hard work doesn't mean crap. Just because you put in the hours doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Same with getting degrees. Just because you have a PhD, or you went to Harvard, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed for success, or you deserve to be more successful or rich than someone who didn't. It's true, and so maybe I'm speaking for both of us. Again, but in early days,
0: it's just like we're kind of ingrained into us. Our, our parents are like, yeah, you got to work hard, you got to work hard. But the key isn't working hard; it wasn't working more hours. Sure, Neil and I might we like we liked working, so like it's fun for us, right? But for most people, like if you're not having fun doing it, you're just adding more hours. That's more misery that you're adding to your life. So. It's not about working harder. People talk about, oh, it's about working smarter. Okay, but okay, that's, that's great. But how do you practically work smarter? So I, I guess I'll start things off first. When I look at you know, the end of the year, when I look at my calendar, it's very controlled, right? So on Fridays, I basically try to block out Fridays and nobody can book any meetings with me. So why? Why, why would I do that? where, Eric, shouldn't you be taking more sales calls? Shouldn't you be be doing more stuff? Like, shouldn't you be in the office like doing all this activity? But that's the thing. That's all activity. I don't have time to actually take that 20% time to think for myself, to free myself from the day-to-day, from the weeds, and get away from everyone and and actually think about the future, right? Uh, Because there's so much changing in a week. There's only 52 weeks in a year. How do I think about, oh, some of the strategy stuff that we had planned for the next month, it might not make any sense anymore. But if I don't free myself from that, I become a prisoner to my own business. Or if I'm working for somebody else, I become a prisoner because all I am doing is I'm in a day-to-day and I'm just a, a cog in the machine. So you got to think for yourself. You got to take some time for
1: yourself. And then that way you can actually start to work smarter. If you really want to know the key to success, there's a few things. One, being creative and thinking outside the box. It's not about who works the hardest. It's about who's being smart, and who's figuring out solutions for the problem in the slickest, easiest, most convenient fashion. The next thing is process-oriented. You're not gonna build a big company without having process. Processes help you scale. Then you need people. Without people, you're not gonna build a big business. If you notice one thing that's in common with all multi-billion dollar companies is they have a ton of headcount. You need people. And these people you hire need to be smarter than you in whatever they're focusing on then you need a focus on finding people who are self-sufficient and believe in the company. And a lot of these go together. If you just hire people who are, command takers and they're going and they're doing whatever you tell them. That's one thing. But if you really want to grow, you really want to succeed. Not only do they have to be smarter than you, but they have to be independent. They have to be able to figure things out on their own. They have to be able to tell you what you know needs to be done versus you telling them. And they should be acting on their own. And as they're doing all of this, you want them to be passionate about the business. Because if they're not passionate, they're not going to put in the hours that it takes or put in the brain power, or be loyal. And the last thing that I've noticed is if you want your company to be successful, culture is very important. If you don't have good, amazing culture, you're going to have really bad churn within the company.
0: Yeah. So practically, you know, how do you even go about starting this? So Neil talked about uh, people. Uh, he talked about process as well. And so just to cap it off, for those of you that watch The Profit, you got Marcus Lemonis, who's like people, process, and product, right? You got to take care of those things. And then once you get those three three things locked in, you're you're going to be, you know, off and running. So When it comes to people hiring, for example, practically, a question I always ask myself, and I actually stole this from Jeff Bezos, is would I admire this person and would I actually work for this person, right? So if I don't feel like this person is smarter than me in some sense, I'm not saying they need to be like overall smarter than you, but like you know they're clearly better at you, better than you at, at something. Okay, great. And if you feel like you would admire them, I think that's a huge signal too, right? Obviously, yes. Just because you like the person, that's not enough. And I actually had a disagreement with with one of my partners um, last week and- you know, I was just looking at the way he he reference checked, and it was it was so half assed. You know, he he sent an email with a couple of questions, and I was like, that's not reference checking. And he's when you reference check like that, people think, oh, you know, I like the person. Everybody on my team likes the person. Uh, you know, everything checked out. You know, we spent like seven days with this person already. Well, that's the sunk cost fallacy, right? Just because you spent that amount of time with that person, like I struggle with this some, sometimes too. But if the references don't check out, meaning if you can't get on the phone with the references and they don't set the first three references, which is their first line of defense, if they don't sound damn excited about that person it's probably a big red flag. And I always ask them too, how does this person compare? You know, On a scale of one to 10, how do they rate against their peers? If I start hearing like an eight, this person's not excited, this person's getting eight, that's a huge red flag, and I'm gonna start digging a lot deeper because every single hire that you add, to Neil's point, changes your culture a little bit, right? And it's on you, the buck starts and stops with you at the end of the day, if you're running the company, or even if you're the manager, it's your fault if you make the bad hire, right? It's not their fault if they make the mistakes or whatever, it's your fault because you made the bad hire.
1: Or the best is when you do reference checks and people don't want to answer the questions or they Mm -hmm. dodge it. That's when you know something's wrong. Yeah,
0: they should be like the first three should be like, you know, willing to take a bullet almost.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. So cool. That's it for this episode. As Eric and I mentioned in previous episodes, we're on track for 960,000 downloads if we can keep going on that track this month. So make sure you go to marketingschool.io slash stats to see where we're at. Any extra pushing that you can do, help would be greatly appreciated because once we hit a million downloads, we will be throwing that free in-person event in Los Angeles. Share it with your friends, family, you know, your mom, your sister, your dad, anyone you can to help us hit that million download number. This session of Marketing School has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe for more daily marketing strategies and tactics to help you find the success you've always dreamed of.